0: You know, it actually was Pastor Sermot Pastor years ago, he used to say it, so I just, I just picked it up. You know, he says that, oh yeah, his wife doesn't mind at all that if he sings in the mic. Just got to turn it upside down. <laughs> Why do I worry, God knows? You know, but uh, I'm reminded, you know, as, we, as all of us just pursue different things, there was a time, a, a very a short season, but Abby and I were, when we were in Taiwan, and you know, I couldn't go back to China, and Christina was having to go back. She was filling all the gaps, and so she was there for, I don't know, a month, a month at a time, or a couple weeks at a time, or something. And we were we were starting the church, kind of, you know, sort of starting the church in Taiwan to be use our time effectively. And um, but even when, I guess before Taiwan, I decided I said, you know what? I mean, I was what 40 something, 40 years old or something, and our church couldn't meet together anymore. And I said, you know what? Christina can't be at all the services anymore, all of our worship team can't be at all the services anymore. I said, man, I am gonna pick up the guitar and I'm gonna learn how to play and I'm gonna be my own worship leader. <laughs> never never been a worship leader in my life. I'm not a you know great singer or gifted in instruments or anything like my family, though they would say, Christina would say, they're not either, they just sort of work at it and just work hard at it. but. Um, So I did it. I picked up the guitar. You know, I went to Christina. She taught me. She's—I feel like she's always. Don't tell her I said this, but she's not in here right now. So I get to be—I get to be naughty. She's hardest on me as a student, right? Rachel can probably see that. Like absolutely. I picked up the guitar and within about three months, taught myself how to play all the basic chords. Could keep a rhythm. Started going and traveling anyway. Back to Abby. So when, Ab- so when Abby's leading worship, so when Christina would go back to Shanghai and we had our church services, it was small, you know, 15 people, you know, probably at, at were the big ones. And, um, but Abby was on piano and I was, I was on guitar and Maddie was on bass and um, James was on drums and I was officially part of the Widener worship team. <laughs> and, um, and I just, I was just so proud of myself. Man, I was tickled with myself. And, um, cause it was hard with, it was hard for me with Christina. Cause she wanted me, she was, that, that expectation for me was way out of here. But Abby was so sweet to me. <laughs> oh dad, am I gonna get in trouble? And she says, I'm gonna get in trouble. Abby's like, dad, you're doing so good you know, you're just doing, I mean, Abby was whatever, 12, 13 years old at the time. (laughs) You know, and she's like, you're just doing so good, Dad. I'm like, oh, I love you. I pay you to tell me that. Praise him. So it's never too late. Look at the person next to you, say, it's never too late. Pick up that guitar, pick up that that piano, that bass, that vocal, that, that Bible, that preaching. It's never too late to... To pursue your heart so now i just pretend every week i grab the mic and i pretend because i can do that because i can just grab the mic because it's right there let's go on let's jump into today's word hallelujah before i just get completely sidetracked for the whole for the whole morning today i got i got spurred on last week with um pastor anna how many people enjoyed those that weekend refreshing weekend Make sure you, you come hit me up if you've, if you got a, a testimony, something the Lord did would love to hear that and, and get you to share that but um, i was in, I was encouraged and, and jotting down a few things that I was kind of was was kind of hitting my spirit and and she said just something she didn't really preach on it, but just sort of flew by it in talking on the story of the paralytic and as they brought their friend and we're going to kind of get to that at the end but she got this thought in my heart when she had said that, something in regards to, man, when you have friends like that, when you have friends like that will go to the extent that the paralytics friends went to. And it got me on a little it got me on a little chaser and, and started chasing down that thought a little bit this week. And I want to jump into that. And with a very simple thought, it's a very simple message today on this independence weekend the simple thought and title is what are friends for what are friends for of course as always it's gonna we're gonna sort of poke you a little bit here and there as as the word of god does and as we like you to always leave we being me of course you figured that out by now like you to always leave challenged by the word of god challenged by the spirit of the Lord but friendship friendship is one of those one of those powerful powerful words I mean to be called somebody's friend you know there's I don't think she's in here she might have walked over with Christina is Christine still in here somewhere I think she walked over with Christina but but we have another oh where are you at oh my goodness I'm looking right over well we won't talk about you're just like yeah, we'll just, we just, won't, we won't say that though because friends don't talk about how tiny their other friends are. <laughs> oh wait, did I just say that? <laughs> I wanted to, as I, as I start talking about friendship today, I just wanted to say, acknowledge my dearest friend Christine, everybody say hi to Christine right here from the Philippines and um, if, you want any, if you want any dirt on me, for whatever reason, she has it but she's not going to give it to you. Uh, <laughs> maybe if you pay her enough you know in chocolates or something she'd give you one or two stories but but Christine was there with with Pastor Summerall for still with Pastor Summerall but for 20 years on the team there and and she was right there she was the one that helped me when I first got to the Philippines when I was a green bean in the Philippines and her and her husband Eros took me in into their home and for the first few weeks months I was there figuring out how to live and and then a dear friendship for the last 20 years. So say hello to Christine after the service. And actually today had nothing to do with her being here, but it's just a great, a great little live illustration right there. Because to be called somebody's friend, I mean, it's it's a it's a powerful tool that the Lord has given people in life. I mean, to walk through life when one has to walk through life, to know that one has a friend. To, one, to know that one has a couple friends, and don't, don't get all nervous, we're going to tell you what I mean by that in a moment. It makes walking through life much more bearable. It makes walking through life much more productive. Of course, I was teasing with my wife just a minute ago because she's not in here, because she was in here, she'd throw something at me or just say something and throw me, mess me all up. But my best friend for over 22 years, really for 23 years, is, is hands down my, my precious wife. And that, that wife that the Lord has given me has been that rock solid friend for, for all those years of my life. And I, and I would always encourage any young person who's not married and those of us who are already married if you're not married I say you know what make sure you marry your best friend make sure you marry your best friend and and preferably that best friend be in love with Jesus is obviously our, our our standard find a friend that's in love with Jesus and be best friends first and be best friends for your whole life and if you are married and walking through life you know it's time to to make sure that that spouse, that partner, that helpmate, that equal partner that we're walking through life with is our best friend. And if if they're not, and if you can't say that about each other today, it's okay, There's the Lord can resurrect and restore and even develop friendships that might not have even been there in the beginning, but that for myself and as I encourage everybody, for that spouse, that helpmate that the Lord has given us is to be our best friend. But even more important than that and the friendship that I have with my wife and that we can all have with our our spouses and even with our, our children is to know this, that we have a friend in Jesus. More important than any earthly friendship as important as these earthly friendships are, we have a friend in God. And we're going to start in Exodus. We've got a whole bunch of, dig around a whole lot of scriptures today, so we gotta, we got to move a little bit quickly as, as normal. But we're going to start in, in Exodus 33 and verses 7 through 11 and, and look at just this, this awesome insight, this revelation that we get from Moses' relationship with the Lord. Where it says, now Moses, in verse 7, now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp. And so just so that we understand that, because we just preached a few months ago the whole message on the, the glory at the center, at least a version of it. But before before the Levites were assigned to the Levitical priesthood and they began to encamp around the tent of tabernacle moses's tent which was his tent where he slept and all was actually pitched outside the camp and listen to what it goes on to say it says far off from the camp and he called he called it the tent of meeting so this is pre this is pre-tabernacle before All the Levites and everybody were encamped around it every day. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up and each one would stand at the door of the tent and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. Let's just drop down to verse 11. And it says, thus, the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend (laughs) and when Moses turned to get into the camp his assistant Joshua the son of Nun a young man would not depart from the tent and so here we get this we get this 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 insight this glance into what a relationship with God can be like I mean Moses pre salvation, pre-Holy Spirit living and accessible by every man, woman, boy, and girl. Moses still was a man who sat down and spoke with God face-to-face, face-to-face relationship, face-to-face encounters, face-to-face instructions. When the Lord God decided to put his tabernacle here among us, he did so. In order that he might have this type of relationship with people you got to know that God being sovereign and the Lord over all the universe I mean he could have decided whichever way he wanted to have people either accessible to him not accessible to him He could have been ruling, as many times we think, on a hill far, far away with a big old molt filled with alligator gars and everything else. And I did make Christine eat some alligator yesterday. She loved it. No, she didn't. Anyway, moving on. Many times we can think of of that's that's how the Lord is. But no, when God decided to to create us, and God decided to dwell among us. He took his tabernacle and he put it in the midst of us. Yeah. And then with Moses, he started having this, this face-to-face with Moses. Joshua obviously saw something, heard something. I don't think Joshua was necessarily right there next to Moses, but he was close enough to know that when Moses left, he said, I'm not going anywhere. He said, I'm going to hang out. I'm going to stay as close as i can for as long as i possibly can and joshua would not leave even when moses would depart it's almost as if joshua yearned for that same type of friendship and that same type of encounter that his pastor his leader his boss was having with the Lord. But even before Moses, one of my one of my favorite and maybe sometimes we sort of fly over this one is is God's relationship with Enoch. Oh, everybody say Enoch. 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 This this guy. If you want to be like somebody, of course there's Abraham, there's Moses, but if you want to just choose a different one for for a year and just and just meditate and mull over think about Enoch. I mean, Enoch lived in a time, and let's see if we got a scripture here before I just go on off it, because Enoch is just, I'm overflowing with Enoch today, but it says in Genesis chapter 5, verses 21 through 24, starting with 21, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah, 22, Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. We'll pause right there. Let's take a, let's take a gander in Enoch's life and his walk with God because verse 24, verse 24, it's a short verse, but oh my goodness, one of the most powerful verses in the Old Testament where it says in verse 24, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Amen. <laughs> there, is, there is nobody else with, with maybe Elijah coming into, a, coming into a, a sort of far second place, maybe close, depending on how you want to interpret it, situation, but but an Enoch and then with an Elijah somewhere close behind is a very, very unique insight that we're getting when we're talking about God wanting and desiring to be our friend. Amen. Enoch lived in a time, and let's put together some pieces for us because you're going to see a few things today. Enoch lived in a time where there were the, the people were living 900-plus years old. Everybody say yes, over 900 years old. Look at the person next to you and say, man, you're young. <laughs> you welcome. you welcome. I just threw that in there just for you today. We're all, we're all babes. I mean, anybody under 100 in the room, I mean, you're just getting started. Everybody said, Amen. <laughs> yeah, things have changed a little bit. But Enoch lived in a time where people lived to be over 900 years old. I mean, the oldest person alive that, that who. Ken, you can't say anything. I'm going to ask this side the room over here. Who's the. Oh, the oldest person alive was, was his, the oldest person who ever lived, what was his name? Methuselah. All right, Methuselah. Ken, how old was he? 969 years old. Check this out. Enoch, at 65 years old, gave birth to Methuselah. I want y'all to think about this today. This is, this is so beautiful. And it's a little bit of speculation, but I think we have, a, we have liberty to do a little bit of that today. Enoch gave birth to Methuselah. Methuselah ended up being the oldest person who ever lived on the earth. After Methuselah, there was Lamech. Lamech was Methuselah's son. Methuselah outlived Lamech by about five years. He outlived his son, nine hundred and six. and I think there's a reason why. He outlived his son. After Lamech, guess who came after Lamech? Noah. So you have, and there's, there's others, but just to say focus on the high points, you've got Enoch, who after 65 years of age, gave birth to, at 65, he had a baby. I mean, his family has, yeah, his wife had a baby. He had a baby, I just had a baby. I had, I had Elias, I just, Elias just came out, I birthed him and everything. Yeah, that's kind of weird, right? All right, he didn't have a baby, thanks for the correction, but his wife had a child, obviously. At 65 years old, so I was gonna find Pat somewhere in the room, I don't know if Pat's still there, but me and Pat, you know, we might still go a little bit further, you know, maybe 65, Pat, Rachel, Pat, maybe 65, may, who knows, right? Never never know. <laughs> Something happened in Enoch's life when he gave birth to Methuselah. Something changed. Because it said that Enoch walked with God for 300 years. Enoch didn't walk with God for 365 years. He lived, he was on this earth for 365 years until one day he was no more. And we'll come back to that. But at 65 years of age, when his wife gave birth to Methuselah, something happened. And here's where we got, I mean, we're going out a little bit on faith and a little bit in just, in just trying to, we don't, we don't really understand exactly how or what. But we know that from that point on, from Methuselah, coming into this world, that Enoch started walking with God. And there are very few people, OT type of characters and people, that, that we think of, Moses being a friend of God, Abraham being a the patriarch the 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 one of promise covenant Adam walking in and Eve walking in the cool of the day but then you get over here obviously I said Moses then we jump over into to Enoch and where it says that he he walked with God there was obviously this closeness of relationship there was a friendship no doubt. There was, a, there was an intimacy, no doubt. So much so that when Enoch was 365 years, now remember, people were living to 900 plus. I mean, he was going to be on the earth for another 600 years. <laughs> Literally, he could have been on that earth according to the, the age at that time of life not saying that right. The, what's that called? Expect Expe- life expectancy. Thank you. He could have been on the earth for another 600 years, but the Lord was like, "No, I don't want to wait 600 more years to bring with me to bring you to me where you can be with me every moment of every day. I want you with me now." There's a there's something there. And again, it's some it's some speculation and just some faith diving out there. But he he walked with God for 300 years and then he was no more because the Lord took him. The Lord wanted him. Methuselah back to him just for a second. We won't stay here too long, but but what what was it at the entrance of Methuselah's life that that? happened in Enoch's heart, and then the only glimpse that we can really see is that Methuselah ended up being the longest individual recorded to ever live, and right after Methuselah, having outlived Lamech by approximately five years, and having watched the building of the ark. Methuselah saw the building of the ark. He saw Noah, his grandson, building the ark. Almost so to where the ark almost made it to completion. He was only about 20 years off from when the heavens and the earth poured forth the waters and and God started over. It's almost as if Methuselah's life was one more indication of God's mercy and God's love of His is almost even here, go with me here just for a second, it was almost an extension, extension of the friendship and the intimacy that he had with Enoch, his father. That Methuselah's life, when he passed, and then Noah was then the remaining heir, and obviously the Lord had already spoke to Noah to build the ark because he had to start fresh. There was something special with the relationship between Enoch and God Almighty. There was something special that took place when Methuselah came into this world, and there was something special about Methuselah's life being that longest life that had ever walked this earth. Because what I want you to hear today is that there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. More than any friend here upon this earth, and and we'll get to earthly friendships in a moment, but more so than any friendship upon this earth, there is a friend in Jesus that sticks closer than any brother. In Proverbs 18 and verse 24, it says, A man of many companions may come to Ron, but there is a friend. Everybody say, a friend. There is one friend a friend, singular friend who sticks closer than a brother. Prophetically speaking of each one of our walk with Christ. Think about the capacity of Jesus to be able to accept each one of us, not only as as our Savior and our Redeemer, but He welcomes us into His life as a friend. The capacity, the infinite capacity of a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I mean, it's hard for some of us to have one friend on earth. (laughs) And I'm gonna tease us a little bit here and there. But the actuality is that there's there's many companions many companions but the capacity that we have as individuals to actually have friendship deep friendship i actually am of the of the belief that that we were we were actually not apart from christ because we're not christ and we don't have the same capacity as him is that there's actually if you can walk through life and be able to count a handful of Friends in your life you're a wealthy individual Amen. Yeah. wealthy individual you're going to know a lot of people you're going to have ministry relationships with a lot of people you're going to help a lot of people you're going to encourage a lot of people but there's going to be there's going to be a handful Amen. of friendships in our life and sometimes we think oh That's, that's, oh man, I don't have any friends. I only have like this one, this one. No, that's, that's okay. You've got that one, that one? Wow. We're not Christ. We're not, we don't have the capacity for infinite, close-knit friendship. God's going to bring certain individuals into our life. I think about the Apostle Paul when he was at the end of his life, how many people do you think the Apostle Paul came into contact with when he was living, journeying, ministering? Actually, you know, the reality is, is the answer to that is probably less than you think. Just by nature of the journeys that they had to make, the difficult nature, the, the, the quantity of people just wasn't the same. But here's the point. When Paul came to the end of his life, he says, he says they've all left me. All I have is, I have Silas, I have Timothy, I have just these few. With all these, these relationships, all valuable to him, all precious to him, and, and shared both directions. But even the Apostle Paul, he comes down to the end of, and he's got, he's got less than a handful that he names as having by with him when he was in those last moments and last years of his life. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. I mean, Jesus, that one friend is so very close to us, and, you know, Christ covets our friendship. So much so that when we're still talking about our vertical friendship and relationship with Christ, and it's not a, it's not a casual one, and, and we might get a little casual with it at times, maybe even too casual at times, but nonetheless it's still a friendship because the Lord has presented himself to us as a friend. But he also says in James 4.4, 4, he says adulterers and adulteresses Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So there there are parameters, there's expectations to friendship. That applies to, to all friendships. There are expectations to friendship, there's loyalty. To friendship and one of those expectations with with our Heavenly Father and he's he's just simply saying that that I desire all of your friendship that's where we we see that God is presented to us as a jealous God it's a it's a side of God that we maybe sometimes we we wrestle with a little bit but it's for our good and for our benefit we want the Lord To be a jealous God. Can somebody say amen? Amen. We want him jealous because he's jealous for each one of us. He's jealous for friendship from us. If being friend with the world makes us an enemy of God, well, then even in the most logical explanation to this scripture says, Friendship, what God really wants is our friendship and not for us to give our friendship to the world. Isn't that good news? Our Heavenly Father, our Savior, He doesn't want to just be a faraway God and rule or empower us, but He says, walk with me. Enoch walked with God. How much more if an Enoch can walk with the Lord and be no more a uh, Moses can, can speak to God as face to face as a man speaks to a friend. How much more in this church age in this, this time of grace, this time of the outpouring of the Spirit of the Lord indwelling men in women's hearts? How much more is our relationship with the Lord a friendship, an intimacy of friendship again one may have many companions but not many friends even proverbs again to reference it one more time in 1824 a man of many companions may come to ruin it goes with the same way in proverbs i don't have the scripture at the tip of my fingers but it says that if you if you try to to give gifts or to keep up with gift giving you know it says that you'll become poor Try to give gifts like, like this person over here, Ken, or like this person of many com- companions, and try to keep up. Says that's a, that's a great way to go broke. So the purpose of friendship, to be a sharpening stone, one for another. That even applies to maybe not that that handful, but it does apply to the relationships within. The body of Christ. But when we get to that intimate level of, of carrying one another's burdens, here's where true, true friendship begins to have some weight to it. And the weight is the other person. Because there's times in friendship as we walk it out together that we actually have to carry one another. We may not have the solution. We may not have the, the financial means to solve problems as many times it surrounds finances, or illness, or tragedy, but to carry one another's burdens. You see, our shoulders are only so broad, and of course we have the power of the Holy Spirit helping, but we need to make sure that we By the help of the Holy Spirit, decide wisely. As I kind of find through life, 28 years of now walking as a believer, I can almost say with with reasonable confidence that all the friendships in my life, the ones that I'm talking, the ones that have spanned those decades, it seems like everyone was one that was inserted into my life versus one that I sort of hand-picked or chose myself. The ones that maybe I've tried to choose or the ones that I've tried to to work it out, I seem to always get in the way. But there are those whom the Lord just puts into our life. It's like he inserts certain people in our life and we know that we have those individuals as a as a sort of holding up of our arms as a person that we can fall back on for encouragement as somebody that we know through hell and high water that they're going to be praying for us they're going to be there pulling for us to get through David King David had one of these in Hushai and, and when it comes to Enoch that that illustration with Enoch and, and all these friendship stories, they're, they're just these quick glances like, like thinking of David and Jonathan. But, but apart from a David and a Jonathan's relationship, there was this guy that gets really just a couple quick mentions. His name was Hushai. And this guy was referenced as David's I mean, David was king over everything. <laughs> he was king over everyone. But somehow, Hushai became his friend. In 2 Samuel chapter 15, verses 32-34, we can get some real insight into the purpose of friendship and what is it that friends do for one another where in verse 32 in 2 Samuel 15, it says, While David was coming to the summit where God was, was worshipped, behold, Hushai the archite came to meet him with his coat torn and dirt on his head. And David said to him, If you go with me, you will be a burden to me. And hold up if you think David's being mean to him, though David's just looking out for him. He says, But if you return to the city, and say to Absalom, I will be your servant, O king. I have been with your I have been your father's servant in times past, and now I will be your servant. Then you will defeat the council of Antho. phel Anthipothel. and Anthepopel. Anyway, moving on. David's son was rising up against him. It's interesting just because, somebody's, just because somebody's blood is not going to make them a friend. That's a hard one to wrap your head and your heart around. Sometimes we try too hard, too long. Just because somebody's blood doesn't mean that they are going to automatically be your friend or your defender or whatever it is you need them to be. Absalom rose up against David. David was having to flee. And this guy, this, this archite came to David, clothes torn, dirt on head, in the state of mourning. Not for himself, he was fine. Everybody say, say Hushai was fine. He was fine, but he wasn't fine because his friend wasn't fine. He wasn't okay because David, his friend, possibly, possibly his only friend. When you're king over the entire universe, it's hard to have friends. He's the only one referenced, of course, apart from the Lord God himself. That was referenced as David's friend. So what is it that friends do? Friends, like Hushai with David, they carry the burden, they they carry the weight. When our friend is hurting, when our friend is down, like I said, choose wisely, even if the Lord has done the insertion of this person in your life. Once you recognize God has brought me, this individual, into my life, then we say through through anything, anything that may come, it's me and you. There might be a couple others, but through anything, this friend carries the weight. Like Jesus says, He says, He says, My yoke is easy, my, my burden is light. Why is the bur- burden of the Lord light? Well, because the Lord, as our friend, carries it for us. Jesus gives us the example of friendship by carrying the weight to to make it bearable, doable, and easier for us. Lay aside that yoke, that weight that so heavily ladens us. Lay it aside because Christ has already put it on his shoulders. Hushai comes and he says, David, I'm going to go with you. And David says, no, 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 no. He says, I need you to go back, and I need you to go be my friend there. Don't be my friend here. I'm going to be hiding and running and and ducking and diving. I need a friend in the king's house because obviously my son is not my friend. And he goes there, and he begins to run that interference, and the Lord uses him to, to put down the counsel of that other dude. Say his name again. Put down his counsel, and David obviously survives, and and Absalom doesn't. But that's what that's what a friend does. A friend puts themselves in the way of harm. A friend puts themselves in the way of carrying the burden, shouldering the weight. I remember there's there's one individual from from our china time that everything that we did there from every company that we've set up to every time that i i had to sit in front of government officials and and i was not i was not when they looked at me and said oh james you're famous they weren't meaning it as a compliment <laughs> and this person would be right Next to me, on my side, every step of the way, and at at some point in the process, just a few years into it, I realized, oh my goodness, the Lord has given myself and my wife, this friend, saved and baptized in the bathtub in our one of our condos and and proceeded to to be the the face and the name, the local face and name of everything I, we did and I kept waiting year after year I kept waiting surely surely this year they're going to disappear surely they've had enough because others started just dropping off and, and I found out later as, as the government officials that they like to do they sort of come through the back door and they kind of talk to people privately and, and scare the heebie jeebies out of people and next thing you know just boom people just start vanishing out of our life There was this one, and it was this one, I tell you, (laughs) this one that that stuck, and if it wasn't for the one, we would not have been able to do, in my opinion, the 100% of what we did because of the one. And I look at that and I say, you know what? That's a friend and a friendship that's been inserted by God into our lives in order to accomplish his plan and his purpose through our lives. You see, the friends that God brings into our life, like Jesus being closer than any brother, the friends that God brings into your life, they are going to be individuals. They are going to be people who are going to lock arms with you. They're going to walk with you. They're going to encourage you when, when you feel like giving up. They're going to, when all of the ceiling is falling down on top of your head, they're going to be like Hushai that's going to be right there. Just tell me what I need to do. They're not going to be many, and they're not, not going to be dozens, and they're not going to be hundreds. But like there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, so there will be some friends. That the Lord puts into our life this is what friends are for so what kind of friends are we what kind of friends are we to the Lord as he's wanting our friendship coveting our friendship desiring jealously for our friendship what kind of friends are we to God what kind of friends are we to our spouse what kind of friend are we to those individuals who God has inserted into our life? Hopefully we're not like the friends of Job. As it, as it, as it goes on, you know, when you've got friends like Job, who needs enemies? <laughs> I mean, Job's friends, they were like the they were like the peanut gallery. Jesus. Accusing, inserting doubt, pulling him down. I mean, the poor man, goodness, didn't he get beat up enough? Didn't he lose enough? Shouldn't you just come and even if you're thinking it, just shut up? There, I said it. No, really, just. Just be quiet. There are times when if you don't have something that is uplifting to say, that the thing to say is mum. There are, of course, other times where the Lord gives you something that's going to be exhortation, edifying, encouragement, even if it's hard. But you get the point. The peanut gallery, pulling him down, inserting doubt into his life. The Lord God came down on Joe's behalf and had to speak to this peanut gallery for Joe. Back off. Joe's my man. No, we don't want to be friends like Joe. Even a fool, only a fool will share all that's within his heart. Just because we know something or think something doesn't mean that we have to share something. Got to wait for the how and the when from the Lord. But instead, as we close, let us be friends like the paralytic. Let us be friends. Oh my goodness, this paralytic's friends. In Mark 2, 1 through 5. And again, he entered Capernaum after those days, and it was heard that he was in the house. And immediately, many gathered so that there was no longer room to receive them and not even could not even come near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him. They. We want to be the they that came, bringing the paralytic, who was carried by four men. And when they could not hear him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And so when they had broken through, they let down him on a bed, which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, He said to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven. What kind of friends are we going to be? What kind of friends? Lord, help us all. Start right here. Lord, help me be this type of friend. Help us be this type of friend to, to those whom are the obvious ones in our life that we need to be this type of friend to, and help us to be this type of friend to those who the Lord has inserted into our life. That we have the capacity, and I'm not limiting you to less than five. That might be just me. You might have more capacity. You might have the capacity for 10, 15, 20, 30. I mean, time comes into play at some point. Mm -hmm. But all of our capacities are different. But the paralytic, listen, this is what we're gonna close on because I realize the time as always. The thing that gets me about this story of the paralytic the most is yes, they these four men went and got this paralyzed person on them on a mat. Yes, it was pretty pretty radical to tear off, you know, not quite the same as, you know, a thirty foot, twenty-five foot ceiling, a little bit more accessible but still pretty dramatic, right? Getting through the mud, getting through whatever it was that was dividing. Mm-hmm. But the thing that gets me the most about the story is when Jesus looked at them and he says, when he saw their faith." Get this today. Leave this, leave with this today. There are friendships in our life. There are people that the Lord's going to use us to to bring help, bring breakthrough that when people are so low and paralyzed and can't do for themselves that the Lord can use you, can use us as the people of God to use our faith to bring breakthrough in these people's lives. Jesus didn't say when he saw his, the paralytic's faith. The paralytic, he, didn't, he, he was just a receiver in the story. He was just like, maybe we don't even get, hey guys, would you carry me over there? We don't even get that. All we get is four men bringing him, tearing a roof and Jesus saying, when he saw their faith, the faith of the men, Carrying the paralytic and lowering him down before Jesus. When he saw their faith, it prompted a response from Christ. Right. Don't undervalue what your dedication and your commitment and your friendship to a person, don't undervalue what that can do in the breakthrough that that can bring in their life. Amen. That is the type of friendships that each one of us are saying, oh God, help me, Lord, be a better friend. First to you, Jesus, because you covet my friendship, because I can walk with you and I can meet with you face to face. But Lord, even to those who are in my life, my spouse, my children, and every person that the Lord has inserted into our life as being a friend to walk with and journey with in this life. Don't undervalue your part to play in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet if you would. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We can get the worship team back up, and I'm just going to pray, and, and we're just going to end with just a time of worship. You're welcome to go have some lunch. You're welcome to to leave. Enjoy your, your Independence Weekend and your July 4th tomorrow, and also you're welcome to stay and worship with us for a while longer. Lord Jesus, we just thank you today, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you for your friendship towards us, God. Hi, t- just take a moment. Just open up your hearts. Take a moment. Just let this settle in. Let it settle in. Let it settle in deep friendship with our Savior. The capacity to to be friends, the capacity to to share friendship with with one another. Lord Jesus, we just give you all the glory. Lord, we give you all the honor today, Lord. Have your way in the mighty name of Jesus. amen. 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 God bless you guys. Have an awesome weekend. Thank you.